Reitman University. The Wandering Jew Podcast. Exploring beautiful humans, thoughts, and experiences with Naomi Edelman. You're listening to Audioversity. I would like to welcome you all to the Wandering Jew Podcast. I'm your host, Naomi Edelman. I thank you for joining me on this journey to explore the diverse experiences of modern Jewry. Today's guest is a second-year business administration student specializing in digital innovation. He also will soon be publishing his debut novel. I would like to introduce this beautiful human, Ezra Snukel. Welcome, Ezra. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here as well. Yeah, I want to um, start off by asking you a question from our previous guest, Shai. Okay, great. Okay. Let's hear it. He had this question for you. Um, what do you say to those who raise the argument that Israel a country built on the foundation of immigrants who fled racism in Europe is now becoming a more and more racist country that prioritizes Jews first. Oof. Oof. I, f- I almost feel like, wow, shy. I feel like you're almost taking a personal shot at me. <laughs> um, Spicy. I would argue with, with shy respectfully. Uh, I would bring up like, you know, those, Im- those exact immigrants who fled, you know, tyranny and the pogroms and and honestly like the holocaust and even worse things that were happening to them um in europe you know they came to establish a jewish state which evidently is, is what is what what happened is, is what is what we're in now we're in a jewish and a democratic state you know um and i would argue that the only you know I wouldn't necessarily consider a, a, a racist state. I would say that there is definitely conflict between the, the different nationalities. But I would also point to all the, I mean, I feel like it's a very negative way, a negative perspective, considering all the different nationalities, you know, cohabiting together and coexisting together in Israel. I would also point to um, the fact that like, there's there's so much you know liberty and freedom to be yourself and you know like we just had the pride parades in tel aviv and like you know they're really you know it's everyone always says like this is the portray this is the way people want to portray us but but in reality like where else in the middle east can you you know have a pride parade and can you you know uh and can you dress like that and can you you know and can and can women dress you know with confidence and 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 dress how they want to dress like you know if, if this was done in in the Gaza Strip, or if this was done in Lebanon respectfully, they would be hanged. And, you know, I think you need to take all things considered and you need to look at the fact that, you know, sure, things aren't perfect here, but things aren't perfect anywhere. And there's the the good clearly outweighs the bad. And I wouldn't, if he's, ref- if we, what I think he's referring to is the disparity between between the Jews and between uh, between the Israelis and between the Palestinians, I would say it's less of, of racism. I wouldn't, and I would say it's more fear. You know, uh, racism is really just a pure hatred of of another race, just you know, purely out of like I don't like that race. Uh, you know, or they think they're inferior. To they're they're inferior and that they're stereotypical. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think Israelis consider Arabs inferior. My, my, like really not, really not that case. I think yeah. that. Arabs, I really feel like Israelis almost view them as a threat only just because of all the pain and death 
that has you know that has happened throughout throughout the years in Israel. You know the bombings, the the three boys getting kidnapped, uh, all the car rammings. You know th- th- this country's been plagued by terror attacks. Now I'm not le- I'm not legitimizing everything that you know every action that Israelis have done. Israelis have also responded lately in some of the not most appropriate ways, and a lot of those Israelis actually got arrested. But I wouldn't call it racist to be scared of someone who is calling for you to be dead. I would more, <laughs> I, I, it sounds crazy because it's, right. it's really not, it's really not racism. It's really not like you're lower than me. Like, of course not. You know, like we're, we're equal. And, 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 and if, if you want proof to how, how there is really no racism between Jews and Arabs, look at how many Jews travel to UAE and do business with the, with the Emirates and with the, and with the Sheik and with, you know, and all the companies that are doing partnerships over there right now. Like, if they were racist, they would boycott it. They wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't support it. You I know? think. I think that's a good point. I think maybe his wording of like racist isn't accurate to this situation. But I do think he's right in some sense that just just in terms of this, like this has been a question I've had for like the past year, mm-hmm. and people talk about. You know, people are very fond of calling Israel like a Jewish democratic state. To me, that's a conflict in in terms. No, like, it's a hundred percent a conflict. Like it doesn't actually make sense. Um, so maybe that's a little bit what he's referring to, but like way farther than I'm willing to go. Like I don't think that there's like yeah, I don't think racism is the issue. I think there is an issue in like determining what takes precedence. Is it the Jewish part or is it the democratic part? Because you can't have both like equally, you know, they they can't coexist. They can't coexist completely equal. And, and that is, that is the, the, that's the debate that a lot of Israelis have. You have a lot of the more, you know, the more uh, religious or just, you know, spiritual Israelis will tell you, you know, people that are more believers of faith will tell you that it's more built on the ideologies of the Jewish people. And a lot of the more secular people will tell you, no, it's, 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 it's a democracy. It's a pure democracy. They want it to be like any other democracy in the world. Um, If you come, if you're asking my perspective, I, I'm a big supporter of the belief that it's the Jewish state purely Mm -hmm. because, you know, to almost build off of, of what, um, of the question this country was built on the backs of, of immigrants and those who were fle- fleeing countries from uh, that were that were persecuting them for being Jews, and they needed a safe haven to be Jews. And this country was built on the belief that the, the, that the Jewish people deserved a home, and they deserved their home, which is you know Eretz Israel, which is which is the land of Israel. So, in my eyes, how I view the countries, I think that. This country should be built on the foundation. The foundation. It shouldn't. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't revert completely back to like you know Judaic law of of, of the medieval times, whatever. But yeah. it should be built on the foundation and the beliefs of the Jewish people. And then I see that the, the democracy is the modern um, way of sort of managing the comp- managing the country. Yeah, um, like it's a tool, but it's not the main exactly governing. Thing. Exactly, it's it's the tool to govern. It's the tool to govern and and to govern fair. Um, but I don't think that it necessarily provides the values uh, needed for Israel. And and if you want to, and if you want to compare, I mean, look at other democratic countries. You know, democracy is an amazing thing where everyone has you know uh, a voice and everyone can uh, say what they believe in. And unfortunately, you know, in democracies, that's becoming less and less so. That people are yeah. more afraid to speak out than ever, and people, um, you know aren't or don't feel as free uh as they should especially what's going on right now in in western society and in america um and i feel like that's because you're 
building democracy is the culture but when democracy is the culture it's there's not really a i don't feel like there's enough structure to actually support the democracy i think you need to have yeah, some like it's not a value in itself it's, it's not like a value tools. in itself it's a tool it's a yeah. tool it's yeah exactly it's like you know we talk about it in in our in our business classes like all these different management structures it's a yeah. management structure for a country but is it really like a foundation of beliefs yes in some ways it's a foundation of beliefs of how a country should be run um with that said uh I don't think in, in Israel's case specifically and, you know, in other countries, there, there may need to be some some other sets of moral values because that's the whole dilemma right now in the West is because yeah. because there is no set what's right, what's wrong, what are what is moral, what is immoral. It's an open topic. Anyone can I say think, that yeah. that anyone can say that that A is immoral and B is moral and someone else can come up and say that. A is immoral and B is moral and you know they they both have an equal voice and that there's no ground floor to build off of and that's why I think Judaism really provides like such a great ground floor because there's a lot of positive values I think the opposite I think that there is a ground floor and right now we're on the top floor and we don't recognize all the floors that have like brought us to the top floor like nowadays in modern western society we take it as a given that rape is bad murder is bad stealing is bad right. when in reality sometimes i i do this mental exercise on myself where i try and imagine what it would be like if we were to if i were to be born in like this void and just you know try to imagine what it would be like to uh to live in totally different standards and i could really make the ethical argument of why it's actually good to rape why it's good to murder why it's good to steal and no really it just depends what you i hope you don't choose to live that way though of course not no but it's just like it it depends what the goal is and thanks to judeo-christian values the goal that we emphasized is to optimize both the individuals the individuals just the individual and society's benefit like those were the two things that we decided to maximize together when in reality i could make a case for murder that it's good because this person's in my way and they're bothering me and like i'm putting the emphasis and the goal on the fact that like i need to do what i whatever i want to do like they're preventing me from having my ultimate freedom in some way you know or whatever they're just being such a burden i just want to murder them there are many ways in which you could rationalize things and i think like nowadays we take for granted um all of the things that have brought us to the standard that we're at and people are starting to like uproot things that we've always known to be true and uh it's causing some issues because they are like seeing from a perspective of standing on the shoulders of giants but then like spitting on them or saying like oh everything that you I don't know. I, I feel like there's just some... Uh, no, I, I totally see what you're saying. I think that, that, that you know, I, I think we have the same views, but maybe just described it differently because I, I like, like exactly what you said, like, I think that's one of the amazing things about being in Israel and, and, and the philosophy behind Israel, the combination of, of the religion and the democracy is the sense that, like, you're right, you have the, the freedom to do to do as you please, but there is, like, a you know, it's all, by the end of the day, like, it's still based off of, like, a codex of, of basic moral values yeah. that, that sort of direct you in that way. And, and, and that's something I really appreciate, and it's one of the things that I really appreciate in Judaism, which is I feel like we have a very positive codex. You know, it can be strict at times, yeah. but most of, um, most of you know, uh, the traits and the values in Judaism are, are relatively positive and, and lead to, you know, overall healthy lives. 
just just to like backtrack a second though, like because I'm still thinking about the whole racist word because it really like caught me as a shock. Like you know, yeah, um, yeah. me too. When I first read I would it. actually <laughs> only say that the, the real racism I ever feel in Israel is the disparity sometimes between the different sects of Judaism. I feel like there's yeah. so that this, makes me so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad, and it's so frustrating, and it really, it, it really. Uh, sometimes makes me feel dis like I sometimes really truly feel disconnected from other groups of, of Jews just based on how they view one another. And like, yeah. you know, I, 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 you know, I may not say it with my words, but in my mind, like anyone who, anyone who keeps the basic laws of Judaism in my eyes is religious, you know, yeah. anyone that, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be like Dafka Dafka, like my grandfather, he keeps kosher. Um, he keeps Shabbos, but like, you know, he lives in Calgary where it's like minus 20 in the winter. And yeah. so he'll drive to shul so he doesn't freeze to death. And right. so in my eyes, like, okay, like I consider him religious because I know that he's devout of faith. I know that he believes in God and I know that he just needs to use this specific means to achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause otherwise yeah. he would be alone at home and like, that's no way to live. And so, you know, I, I think that it's hard to keep it, Shabbat it, alone. It, it's hard to keep Shabbat alone, but it's also like hard to like not have a community. And so I feel like sometimes like, you know, OK, you, you know, sometimes you do need to tweak it a bit. But the, the emphasis I'm trying to put on is the fact that like he's spiritual. He believes in God and he and he practices, you know, um, most of, if not, you know, almost all of, of, of the right practices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel myself, I feel like I practice most of, if not all. Uh, the correct practice is not that I'm, I'm perfect in any ways. Like I have many flaws. Um, and then, but then like, as you move up, up the scale, like there seems to be this disconnect that's either looked at, like we, we look at them and, and you know, the ultra Orthodox and we feel like, Oh, they don't understand us. And they, yeah. they look down at us. And I think in their eyes, they're like, they don't get, they feel like, you know, we're just trying to do our own thing. Like, why don't you respect us and, and understand where we're coming from? Like we want to, we want to, we want to, we're devout in our faith. That, that's what we want to do. Our whole lives is about the faith. And like, yeah. I feel like it's, 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 it's getting to the point where it's almost racist, but it, re it really, what it feels like to me is like, it's just a loss of, of the mutual respect. And I feel like 100%, I always say like the most anti-Semitism I've actually experienced has been from other Jews, which 100%. is such a sad thing to say. It's so sad. And as, as an outsider, I'm actually really grateful that I was born outside of Israel and now I'm coming and choosing mm -hmm. to live here because I feel like I have a lot more perspective yeah. in a lot of ways. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, okay, I don't get everything and like I won't understand everything ever and I won't be like fully Israeli ever. Like right. there's always going to be some gap, but oh. I'm actually grateful for that gap because I think something I've noticed is like like with, with Chilonim, for instance, they start to, um, I think they don't recognize how many of the things that they do are inherently religious mm -hmm. because they were born here and it's like a default and right. you know in america you have to actively choose those things you have to actively choose to keep yeah. shabbat or learn about the holidays when a lot of jews yeah. in america don't even know what any of those things are yeah. and here you just know them by default and then they start to like separate themselves from the whole by you know, trying to create some, some separation or saying like, yeah, I like do Shabbat in my own way and like whatever. And, and that's fine, but they're not recognizing like the roots of it. And mm -hmm. at the same time, I see the issue with like ultra religious people. Like, I think there's fair criticism for everybody. Um, and I see like with the ultra religious people that they s stop becoming more religious, they start to become more self-righteous. And to me that it's just so sad, like, because I came here because I wanted to feel, like, more connected to my people, and I wanted to have this unity and achdut, and sometimes you just feel like people are losing the plot and starting to get caught up in their differences, and, like, 
it, it's just for me and and you see all these like political protests and people are getting so hot about it and for me I'm just like in America I understand why people are hot about it but to be honest like I don't care about America as much as Israel. It's not mine. And for me, I feel the exact opposite. If you genuinely think democracy is going to be finished in Israel, then even more so you have to be calm and try to figure this out peacefully because it matters and because there's so much at stake. If you genuinely think that, not to become erratic and start hating the people that you live amongst. And like, I tried to have some conversations with different people and like hear their perspectives and it just gets so hot immediately. And it's not even like I have a perspective. I don't know enough about it. You know, like I wasn't born here. I don't know the entire history of politics. I feel like I kind of have an opinion of what's going on right now, but not informed enough. Right. And it just, I just feel like people are losing the plot a little bit. And I wonder why politics has gotten so, so hot. And every single time people are always saying, like, I hear this rhetoric in all of Western societies, like America, everywhere in the news in Europe, they're always saying democracy is about to die. Why is that? Yep. It, I start to not believe it if it's every single time and everything's fine. You know, no, it's it's crazy. And I, I think what really sums it up and it's and I would say it's also like probably the most important value to me in, in, in life and especially like in Jewish values is is it's a it's a Derek Eretz thing. Yeah, mensch. it's it's a it's it's a Derek Eretz thing, it's a mensch thing. And I think from all ends everyone is getting so caught up in like their values, they're forgetting to like respect thy neighbor and respect the other person's values, even if you don't agree with it. Yeah. You still have to respect them because they're a human being and they have feelings just like you and you have to treat them uh, with integrity. You know, I come across many people who I disagree with and, um, you know, I have to, you know, I, it, sometimes it takes more work than not, but it's yeah, important yeah. To, to, to show that I respect your voice. You have a right to say what you want to say and I'm going to respect it. I'm not going to think of you any less, even worse. I'm not going to be that person who's going to not even let you speak because that's what's happening. People have, have gone to the point where there's no Derek Eretz that they don't even want to hear you speak or yeah. they don't even let you speak. They don't let you have a voice. Yeah. And I, I think that it's, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, I think a lot of uh, the issues within like the whole cancel culture is related to this fact. I think that really like, you know, and to backtrack on onto the, the disparity between the different sects of Judaism, like, it, you know, there really is this loss of Derek Eretz, like, the, the, like you know, the Chilonim don't have to agree with, with the Haredim, you know, the Chilonim can do what the Chilonim want to do and the Haredim can do what they want to do, but yeah. they have to learn to like, you live know, with each other. live with each yeah. other and just be like on your way. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. And the same with yeah. the modern Orthodox in between. And they figure out compromises. Yeah. It's like, it's like in debate. We, we were both in debate. You were right. this year. I was last year. Yeah. And I think I, I'm so grateful for debate because it really helped. They put you in the position where you have to think in a really short period of time and grant credence to arguments that you don't necessarily agree with and you have to argue that point of view and it really makes you see people's rationale and you see that people are rational and they're trying to do the best with the knowledge that they have and you can come to way better understandings and way better conclusions when you try and see things from the other perspective like something that i find so annoying is people who i literally just met are like well with our current government you know i'm like i don't know you and you know like have a little more I don't know, have like something more insightful to say. Like if you want to tell me something, like tell me something insightful about what you think this means about philosophy or about the social fabric of the nation or what you're concerned about, but just like throwing out these like platitudes, yeah. it's just not interesting yeah. and like have an original thought. <laughs> yeah, no, even, but even that, like they have the right to, like I would say they have the right to say that. And, you know, but, but 
if they want to say that, they have to be able to accept what what we are going to say in yeah. return. And I feel like that is the problem where a lot of people just aren't ready to accept uh, what people say in return. And it could be a lot. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of anchoring bias. There's a lot of uh, hu- you know heuristics that people are using. For sure. That, that that people are just no longer people no longer just care w- about what other people think and and that's really like what Derek Eretz is all about. It's really about like thinking about the other person and valuing the other person and treating them with respect, the, treating them the way that you would want to be treated. Yeah. And you know, like like you said in debate, like uh, when I entered debate, I won't lie, I was nervous. Like I honestly thought, okay, I'm gonna get canceled in here. Like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say something that is gonna be taken the wrong way, even though like I I consider myself you know center right. There there are definitely opinions on things that I have that are very far right, yeah. especially like with the security situation in Israel. And like if you asked me right now about the whole thing in Janine. And I don't know if you know what's, what's happening in Janine right now, no, but there's like a whole Janine has become, which is a, a city in the in the West Bank. It's a, it's a Palestinian city in the West Bank, and mm-hmm. it's it's basically become over the last like two years like a like a terrorist terrorist cell. Like a mm-hmm. lot, mm-hmm. like they're saying that the majority of the terror attacks that have happened over the past couple months, the rammings, the shootings, the knife attacks, a lot of them are coming from Janine. Mm-hmm. So they were Israel's actually going to go in two years ago, and they postponed it for bureaucracy reasons. Um, they just previously did a trip to the U.S. and they told the U.S. we're, we're going into Janine. U.S. was like, "Yalla, go for it!" Like, <laughs> like which never happens because right. U.S. is usually like, "Ah, oh, what's like maybe you know olive yeah, yeah. branch extend, get them some land." Right, right. <laughs> and they were like, "Go for it," because they knew like, okay, this they're they're backed by like Iran, you know, Hezbollah is like looking at them and seeing like, oh, if they can get away with this, what can we get away with? And at the end, they like everyone agrees that like you know the ma- major terror threats need to be stopped. And so yeah. yesterday or like the night before, the IDF went in and they're now in the middle of like a massive operation where they're basically they're basically like cleaning house. Like I think I saw like 120 pe- terrorists were arrested wow. in a day, wow. and they're like cleaning house to, you know. Uh, they're like they they there was a major uh, shootout outside a mosque. Which okay, the first thing you hear is mosque. Like okay, that's crazy. Why are Israeli soldiers going into a mosque? You know mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. the news is reporting. Israeli IDF soldiers entering mosque with guns. Like that's bad. Why were they entering a mosque? Because the terrorists were using it as a base and. They were preventing the IDF from, you know, sweeping and making sure that it was clean. And when the IDF entered, they found cases, I, I believe, like over like a thousand ready-made explosives in in the mosque's basement. Wow, wow. Like they were using the mosque to sco- to store to store explosives, which I think is like a boucha, like a disgrace on you know, a disgrace to the Muslim culture. Like, like you know, if, if you told me right now that, sure, yeah. that a rabbi or, or a bunch of Jews were, were keeping a bunch of explosives underneath the synagogue, so I would be like, Hillel Hashem, like, like, what the heck? Like, that's not what, what these places are for. These places are to connect to, uh, to, to you know, a, a higher a higher level of, of the universe, to connect to, to, connect, to, connect to God. Yeah. And it's not religious. And it's, it's fundamental. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fundamental. Different. It's fundamentals for religion, all, for all religions, right? It's same thing like if it was in a church. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's just disgusting what, what they're turning the city into. And, you know, like, I, I had my a share of experiences in the army with, with um, you know, dealing with Palestinians. And I remember a lot of times uh, there was, like, a lot of, you know, when, when there were terror attacks and we had to, like, you know, do checkpoints to try to find the, the terrorists, you know, when they were trying to come back into their towns. A lot of the Arab uh, citizens were like, why are you doing this? Like, this isn't usually, like, your route, your schedule, because... You know, they they have they they're used to their way of life, and you know we, we we try not to disturb it as much un, unless needed. 
we told him there was this terrorist and he, you know, he stole a car and he, he shot two people and he attacked the soldier and the, the, you know, the Palestinians would just like roll their eyes and be like, Mondays, like this just sucks, mm-hmm. you know, like, Mom. like it's not like it's, it really, you know, it, it, it's, it's, there's there's a lot out there that really just like they, they they're sick of this too and you know like yeah. I, I you know and, and i saw some tweets and news reports that like you know reporting that that the you know a lot of um citizens of janine were actually relieved that they're coming in obviously like it's it's tough to see your city you know yeah. being become a battle zone but like at the end of the day like they're seeing this terror be cleansed out and being washed out and hopefully it'll be they'll be able to rebuild and they'll be able to grow janine into you know a much more amazing city uh and a much more peaceful city because at at the end of the day like you know terror is terror and we need to eradicate terror but back to the back to the um, the thing i was i was so scared about about you know i was a little nervous about going into debate because i was like okay i'm gonna say something and someone's gonna take the wrong way and and it's just me too and and there goes my business career there goes my (laughs) there goes my academic you know academic academic career like they're gonna kick me out and you're right, but like it that's really, not the culture it's, it's so not the culture yeah. and it really, and, and again, the spectrum of people there was crazy wide. There very was vast. very, very strong liberals and there were very strong, you know, right wingers and conservatives. But what's, but what's amazing is that they all come there and exactly. they have the value, they have the tool of democracy where they're able to have an open place of ideas and discourse right. and you really get to it's such an amazing experience because you really get to hear both sides right. in the most genuine form yeah. because you're put there and you want to win you're not trying to make it a uh, uh, like straw man argument and be right. like oh well uh, no you want to win so then you try it and give the best argument and then you really are able to see both sides and right. come out with either a stronger opinion of what you had before right because it was challenged or, right. you know, you actually changed your mind or it opened your mind more. And I feel like that was such a, such an impactful experience for me. And I got a lot out of that. Because, no, the same way. Yeah. The same yeah. way. Like it, it, it really taught, it really taught me as well as it taught other people a lot more, like the importance of listening and the importance of, you know, talk less, listen more and, 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 and. And the benefits to that in life were a you don't come off as a chatterbox, but yeah. b the fact that like you're listening, listening shows a lot more value to people than talking. Like 100%. like me listening to you, you feel heard, you feel valued. You know, if, if, if me just talking, that's, that that doesn't get us anywhere. Also, your your listening is such an amazing tool in another way because I realized this recently that I have had very few original thoughts of my own. Like everything. Or it's all built off of other things that I've learned from other people. Everything that I actually know is based off of what other people have taught me, what other people have said. And that, but, but sometimes your ego gets in the way and you start to think like, oh, I came up with all of this knowledge and you want to share, you want to talk. But in reality, if you think about what you have already in your head, most of it is not from you. So even more so it should open you up to the want and the ability to listen more so and you have two ears and one mouth <laughs> no a hundred percent hundred percent i really think that people don't are, are forgetting this this uh, this this part of Derek harris which really is to just listen and to and to just show value and show that you appreciate your neighbor and show that you you care about what they say and what and and i feel like if if everyone just like relaxed a little bit and yeah, just didn't yeah. like you know, I was I was uh, working in a sleepaway camp, I think, like six years ago. Mm-hmm. And this was right before the Trump Hillary elections. Yeah. And we were talking politics, honest, uh, very pleasantly, 
not, you know, nothing, nothing aggressive, no insults thrown, nothing of the sort. And, and they turn to me and they say, who are you voting for? And I say, given these two options, I feel like I'm going to vote for Trump. I, I, you know, for, I just, I like his policy more and I, he's a big supporter of Israel, which is obviously like, you know, one of, if not the most important factor for me, but at the same time, like, you know, he really looks like he wants to develop the economy. He wants to bring jobs back to America. And he, and you know, it's even though his character may not be amazing, which it certainly is not the policies that he was running on. Like, I really felt like, okay, like, this is this is what America needed, or, or mm-hmm. you know, at the time. And there was a girl there who who heard what I had to say, and we were friends. And from like that moment on, she like just gave me the cold shoulder, didn't say another word yeah. to me for the rest of camp. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, it, I was like, I did nothing wrong. We I, we were having a conversation. Uh, it you know, we have so, so many other though. like interests. Like it, just because I like something or I believe in something, you don't. That's it. We're done. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not proactively going to harm you. I'm not doing you know, uh, uh, protests or, 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 or running down the street. I'm just saying who I'm going to vote for. And if that's the point where we're at, like, you know, where it, all that matters is you say something or you type something, you tweet something. And, it, and it, even if it's not offensive, like some people will just, that's it. They're done. Yeah. I really wonder like what that's indicative of in general society. Like, is this normal? Were things ever like this before, you know, or why is the divide so severe now? And I think something about it is that, Politics is so interesting because it's definitely a leg of philosophy. Right. And I think it the reason why it gets so hot is because it is all fun it's all rooted in values. It's not right. So when people are like, Oh, it's just this policy versus that policy, it's not really that. It's that they're all based off of values and that's why I think it's so hard to actually, you know, like to actually bridge gaps in, in politics. But, um, I think it's more about sensitivity. I think it's just people are more sensitive today than ever. That's Um, also a good point. I think that also, if you look at like, um, in the eighties and nineties, like, you know, like, okay, you, you worked your job, you came home, like, you know, life was a bit more traditional, a bit more laxed. And, you know, with the rise of technology and, and everything is these days is becoming so much more convenient. Like people have to worry less and people are just much more, uh, as a result, people feels. people in their fields, <laughs> and I think it makes people a little more soft. And so, when people are, you know, have you know, basically served, when life gets more and more served to on a silver platter, yeah. uh, in the sense of what becomes more accessible, then you start to devalue other, uh, you know, things that 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 don't that aren't served to on a silver platter, and 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 you start to and you start to get more sensitive to things that are, are different. And, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, we, we used to live in a time where difference was, was amazing and diversity. And, and, and I feel like th- th- that still is there today. Like people love talking about how diversity and especially like in the sense of like Israel, like how diverse Israel's become in America, how diverse has become. But I feel like, you know, these things are starting to become, people are starting to become so sensitive when someone has uh, an opposite opinion yeah it it like takes them out of their entire life and it's like yeah bro relax like i'm not i'm not coming to hurt you in any way like i'm just trying to have a conversation i think that that we really we really need to get back to that and i really also think that we need to get back to like the uh, the mentality of second chances which is something that's embedded as well in the in the jewish philosophy of Mm -hmm. tshuva and repentance and and you know like um and, and 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 having these second chances in life because you know if you said something seven years ago that was, you know, insensitive or even a little racist, you're done. You're, you're canceled. Yeah. You're dead for life. And like, 
people can atone people can change people can work on themselves and but i think people are so sensitive like nope you did it once that defines who you are you're done i also i also have some hope though because i think that this is starting to be phased out i think mm -hmm. there's a backlash in a lot of ways i think people are really tired of the oversensitivity and it's not no definitely definitely but it's not even real sensitivity it's like performative because now there's there's value in being a victim so I think that it's more just, I think it's just more performative. I don't think people are actually hurt by it. If you were actually hurt, you wouldn't apologize on Twitter. You would apologize to the individual. No, there's a lot of, there's a lot of clout and and a lot of, and and like you said, there's a lot of benefits of being a victim in specific scenarios. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. I honestly think some some people maybe, maybe just found it fun or, 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 or I don't know, like whether they found it justifying or not, like people just forgot to give second chances and i feel like that is such uh such an important value in our lives because if you because if if everyone only has one chance in life like you can't mess up ever you're screwed because we're humans we're we're prone to make mistakes like that that's who we are you know but i think that's going away like i think that that in a lot of in a lot of ways i i see it being different now like there's like with the rise of popularity with people like Joe Rogan or like Lex Friedman, people who are yeah. a lot more nuanced and hear out all these different sides. Like there's a reason that that's, that that's and these long form discussions. There's a reason that that's getting a lot more attention than it would have before when people like, okay, yeah, in one sense, people have really short attention spans, but in another sense, I, I think it's really just about interest and keeping people engaged. Like the fact is that you're not being engaging for some reason, but for some reason, like these kids can watch a four hour, five hour Joe Rogan right. interview. Yeah. Like that's, that's not an engagement. That's kid. not a, <laughs> this kid Ezra Snoop pointing at myself. <laughs> it's, it's not about, it's not about a lack of attention. It's about a lack of engagement and you're not saying anything insightful or interesting. I think that's more the issue. So I actually have hope um, that things are changing and also individuals are different than like groups and group think is is an issue but when you talk to individuals and you talk to them the right way I I've actually been feeling a lot more optimistic and people are a lot more open than you realize and a lot more open to suggestion if you talk to them the right way um, but uh, no I, yeah. I totally I totally agree I think things are, are starting to finally head in the right direction and you're totally right with the whole with, with the podcast scene and, and with the, and with the, the long discussion scene, uh, I think we still have a ways to go. I think in my eyes, like there's still too for many sure, people who sure. are, yeah. are on these podcasts and before they make an opinion, they have to be like, just make sure I'm not offending anyone. I'm not trying to like say this or yeah. say that, but this is what I want to say. Like that, that still is that a bit of like, a yeah. we shouldn't have to cover our tracks whenever we want to say anything and how yeah. we feel. I'm trying um, to, I'm trying to do that myself. Like yeah. I also feel sensitivity and like, sharing what I think, but I feel sensitivity. That, yeah. But I feel like it doesn't matter what I think. Like I, I'll share my ideas and if you have different ideas, please you're welcome to you know, rebut them and we can discuss and both come to a better understanding. Like that's right. how we both get smarter, you know. Like Shy's like it was Shy, right? Shy's question. Mm-hmm. Like I respect like, you know, I have I, I I'm not gonna leave this room and be like, Shy, that mother <laughs> like no, like I'm sure he's a great dude. And yeah. he had a great question. And like Very I I, I, I yeah, I definitely uh, appreciate the question. It opened up this amazing conversation. Yeah, we had a great conversation. It was really nice. I learned a lot. He learned a lot. He told me after and it was just yeah. really meaningful conversation, like, honestly. Like, no, exactly. Like there should be no hard feelings about sharing your opinion or or, or asking something a little edgy, you know? It, it, yeah. it, that that's life. Like it just should be we should all just like listen and just appreciate the differences and how different people's minds work. I want to, I want to ask you, yeah. um, okay. I want to ask you two questions. Go As for someone it. who's studying digital innovation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. One, um, do you feel that 
the advent of the internet has been a net good or a net negative? That's my first question. So anyone that knows me, I'm an old soul. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I could have, I could have easily lived in the fifties and sixties. Like I was just reading, easily, uh, yeah. this, oh, what's the, the Stephen King novel about the Kennedy assassination where he goes mm-hmm. back in time. And one of the amazing things about the novel, it's a very simple plot. Like he just go, basically, they, they, he finds this like loop in time. And so he's able to go back in time and he, uh, he's asked by like a, a person is like dying wish, like go, go stop the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever. Like, but the point, but the, I think what what Stephen King uses in that novel is he uses it as like a base to really like take a decade and just like define it and give you pure nostalgia of like what that decade is Amazing, nice. Like he describes yeah. like like the root beer and how like it doesn't taste like you know artificial and it's so fresh and you could taste like the cane sugar and I'm just like oh I want to go. It's the imagery, like, yeah. Yeah. So like, but one of the things he describes in that time is it's just much more peaceful. Everything is much more laid back and relaxed and also like everyone's more polite everyone's more pleasant common values are shared like you know everyone's world was everyone's smaller worlds. you didn't know everything that yeah was you don't need to so i listen there are so many amazing things on on uh, it's it's a tough question because there really are really so hard, many yeah. so many amazing things uh that the internet and the technology has provided but at the end of the day i think you need to ask yourself like can i live without it and the answer is hypothetically yes. It's yeah. yeah, it's a great platform for for you know, and and businesses need it these days. And like you know, the world wouldn't run without the internet. Yeah. But like hypothetically, yes, if the internet went off, you could you would still be alive. You would still be breathing. Yeah. And so it when when if that's the case, then you got to look at the other perspective. Like okay, what ch- what massive changes to that day to day life? do you have today that are like detrimental to mankind? And I think with the rise of like how accessible, you know, things like pornography and, Mm -hmm. and, 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 um, and inappropriate content and also the the ability to, you know, show hateful content and hate speech and, and promote like really racist and negative things. Like it's more out there than, than ever before. And, you know, um, uh, Andrew Huberman talks a lot about how, you know, uh, our minds are constantly looking to be satisfied and things like Mm -hmm. YouTube and Twitter and Instagram, like the whole scrolling is really just like trying to find Mm -hmm. that next rush. Yeah. And so when you combine that like need to be satisfied with all this potential damaging information out there, like it can do a lot of harm. So Mm -hmm. like this harm wouldn't exist without the internet. So I wouldn't, I would, you know, I, in my eyes, like I would say more of a negative just because like, I feel like we, we would live just, we could live just fine with, mm-hmm. without most of the internet. Right. If but, the question is how, how can we optimize human just, you know, well-being, then maybe, then you would say it's been a net negative. No, absolutely. I would think I would say net negative. And to prove my point, uh, to prove this theory again, everyone's more, I love, I love, sense. again, I love a lot of the internet and I love totally. a lot of it. Um, yeah. but to prove my point, one of the most amazing things uh, in in religious Judeo- Jewish culture is mm-hmm. is the is the Shabbat is the Sabbath yeah. and and for you know any seculars listening it really is just like a complete disconnect from technology and yeah. from your phone and to really just like have meals with your loved ones you know pray to God you know spend time with friends de- you know develop and 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 you know cultivate your relationships outside of your phone Mm -hmm. and it's i feel like like i'm so thankful 
for it in my life because I feel like if I didn't have it, I would, would just be a you feel like I, a human be, again. No, it wouldn't feel like it. I, I feel uh, it's the opposite. I feel more human than ever right, on Shabbat because of Shabbat. Otherwise yeah. Okay. You yeah, yeah. 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 I thought you meant like no, having the phone makes me human. Like, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like we're you, a cyborg. You, you, <laughs> yeah. You, no, you just wouldn't have this break, and it would just be this nonstop cycle of, of phoneness and social media, and like you know, it, it. You need to like look up and breathe. You really feel like you wake there, up for a second. You know, there's like I said, there's a lot of amazing things on the on the internet but i would argue that there are way more amazing things off the internet like 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 relationships yes like relationships like food like you know even like i'm not considering internet but like good cinema like good film like like you know art a book like there's just there's what's bad (laughs) (laughs) no like there's just there's just so much more um to, to to enjoy off the internet than on i feel like the internet has become this thing where again i'm like trying to separate like business internet because i feel like business internet is like its own thing and that's oh, like okay. interesting and that's like yeah like it's all the internet but like you know the values of business in- internet are obvious like it helps businesses yeah. run and, yeah. and that's that's needed today but like when it comes to like the the, the i guess the like, personal, well, the usage, personal yeah. use cases yeah. exactly yeah. the personal use case is like I would say more personal use cases. It's it's there's 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 a more uh, you know there's a lot more negativity out there than positivity and For and sure. and especially with the use cases like with Instagram like you know uh, I I saw uh, I saw I saw our Instagram reel you know which is ironic but um the reel was like you know the moment you stop looking at other people's stories you can start to finally. Uh, figure out your own amazing yeah, and so, so i feel like today like the internet has just caused everyone to look so much into other people which is great because you should have those relationships and people but have like, interest in others and you yeah. learn from them but it's but it's like yeah it, but like, I just but like are you really it. exactly but like it just takes away from investing in yourself so yeah i i to answer your question i think there's just a bit more negative on the personal side of the use case of, of, of internet use yeah. cases and i think that people really need to just like look off their screens and just spend more time with with the people around them yeah. and just you know I think everyone, enjoy the world yeah. that, that that you know that god gave us i think everyone kind of agrees with that these days <laughs> i hope so i hope so and everyone i talk to it, it's funny like i deleted my social media last year and it's funny because every single person who i i, I don't like tell people that voluntarily because i mm. forget it exists but but right. sometimes people will ask me for my instagram or something and i say oh i don't have that and not a single time has anyone treated me weird. They've all said, that's amazing. No, it's amazing. That was their reaction. Good, first of all, good for you. It's amazing. Yeah, but I, that was their reaction. Yeah. It's like they all have it, but everyone feels addicted to it. And that was, I found to be the most interesting thing was everyone's reaction was that was amazing. Nobody yeah. said like, oh, that's weird or you're a nerd, neb. Yeah. Like, no, everyone said, no, oh, I'm jealous. No, crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I think that because I think that at the end of the day, people do value it. It's just sort of like in like the sense of addiction, like, you know, someone who's, addicted to drugs will tell you that drugs are bad yeah but the question is like how hard is it for them to stop yeah you know um Ezra, i want to i want to pivot a little bit go for it um i want to ask you about um your book <laughs> coming out first of all i want first of all i think it's very very cool that you wrote a book Thank i you. feel that you are I, I kind of identified this idea recently what makes people interesting to me and it's 
or, or what is attractive about certain people and what is less attractive about other people. And I think this is true for everyone. It's either that you're an active participant of life, right. active participant of life, or you're a passive one. And I think people really appreciate active participants. And um, I feel like you definitely are one. And I think, you know, writing a book or just investing in yourself, doing Absolutely. things like being excited about this world and like treating it like your playground, because it really is. And, and seeing what you're capable of creating, I think is so awesome. So the book is like one manifestation of this. So I want you to tell me, first of all, what's the book called? What is it about? Um, why did you write it? And yeah, tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for that like introduction and that, uh, the acknowledgements. Uh, just to tie in on what we were talking about prior, yeah, yeah. like it, it, that's that's the whole thing. Like being active in your life, you know, a big step of that is to is to disconnect disconnect yourself a little bit from that passive world of the internet and, and of social mm -hmm, media. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. Like I really am in the philosophy and in the mindset. I believe in the philosophy and in, in the mindset of like you know, making the most and leaving your mark, uh, leaving your mark on the, on the world. Um, so yeah, so my book, uh, the current working title is the soul thief. Um, mm. I started writing it when I was like 17. Amazing. Um, yeah, I've always, I've always loved to read. I've been a big reader. Um, ever since I would say like my booby gave me like the first Harry Potter when I was like oh, seven or eight. So cute. And she was like, if you finish it, then the next time I'll see you, I'll take like, we'll, I'll get, you know, we'll get a bunch of Ben and Jerry's and we'll watch the movie. So and so I was like, you know, ice cream and sugar, like, of course I'll <laughs> read this thing. And I fell in love with it. And, you know, ever since I've just absolutely loved to read and I, I try to read a ton to, you know, a ton still, I have a Goodreads account and I set like a goal of how many books I want to read throughout the year. So I really love to read and I, I just really love stories. Like it, mm -hmm. it really also just goes into like the world of film, like film and television. Yes, like I'm, yes. I'm the kind of person that like when watching something with my wife, I'll be like, all right, I know what's going to happen. X, Y, Z is going to happen. And then it totally happens. She's like, how did you know that? And I'm just like, I know how stories work. Like, yeah, this is how just, they're developed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I felt like it was kind of inevitable that like, you know, I've always wanted to like kind of create one with myself. And I think it's also really cool to have a book, like not like in an egotistical way, but a book like with your, with your name on it. And like more in the sense of like, imagine if you're like, you know, in like JFK airport and you pass like the Hudson's Bay, you know, the Hudson Bay yeah, stores yeah, yeah, and you see sure. your book on the shelf and then someone like, buys your book like the mindset of like that person that dude is like or do that is like willing to spend their entire like is, is going to spend their flight reading my work like that's that that's like a really you know a really it's nice amazing, feeling for sure for um sure. it's a really nice feeling so it was an i feel like it was inevitable that i was going to write a book um the the book to describe it briefly is basically like percy jackson-esque but about pirates Oh, cool. Okay, cool. So it's like, right. it's like about a school, a school for pirates, uh, a school run by pirates for like outcasts or like juvenile delinquents. So nice, like, nice. you know, like, you know, kids who've just done bad things or have made, made mistakes. And, you know, it's basically, they're offering them like a second chance at life. Um, nice. Albeit with like, you know, the swashbuckling customs of the, of the pirates and like, <laughs> you know, Blackbeard is the headmaster and there's a lot of, um, yeah, it's, well, it's so it? fun. And there's like there's a lot of like pirate mythology and pirate history and I I even I've done my history uh, my my homework uh, over the years like I've read several books on like the golden age of, of piracy and wait that's so cool actually wow yeah wow. yeah so I, it's something I really love I got the idea I mean one of my I probably say like one of my favorite film series is Pirates of the Caribbean Such a and good I remember film like you know I was doing one of those 
I back in high school, like, you know, I used to have time to read even more. You know, I used to like once a year just be like, all right, I'm going to like, let's see how many Harry Potters I can get through. Like, you know, mm-hmm, I just felt like mm-hmm. let's just, just reopen the Harry Potters. And I was yeah. in like that, you know, I feel like when you're when you're reading, you know, sometimes the mindset of the book, you know, carries you throughout the day. Like you not might not necessarily be reading, but it's something that could be like on your mind. Like, oh, this book I'm reading or the themes within the book. And so that was at the time. And I was watching Pirates of the Caribbean with my brothers and I was like, no one's done this yet. You know, there's there's the Percy Jackson about the Greek gods, and they, and obviously Rick Riordan wrote yeah, another yeah. wrote mm-hmm. two more series, one about the uh, Roman gods and Roman history and the mm-hmm. Egyptians and the Egyptian history, and obviously there's Harry Potter, but wizards. But like, you know, I did some research and like, you no know, one did anything about pirates, and I'm like, I, I freaking love pirates, like, yeah, like sword fighting and 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 you know mermaids and 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 then like you know like cursed treasure and 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 that whole realm, and it's also a lot of like older literature that like you know that you can say is like the lore like treasure island and mm-hmm, peter pan mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. like a lot of really cool takes on on on, on pirates in the world of pirates but no one ever really did something yeah. like that and i feel like it's also like the whole um the whole like school structure is something that really appeals to like the younger audience and us as well because i feel like those who've read percy jackson at least or harry potter because it's like oh uh, you, you can't help but wonder like oh I wonder if I went to the school. Like, what would I be doing there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, if, I wonder if I was at Camp Half Blood. Like, who would my who would you know? Which of my parents would be a Greek god? And like, I've had that conversation so many times. Or like, what house would I be in in Harry yeah, Potter? Sure, you know, what sure. would my wand be made of? And so, like, you know, I felt like there could definitely be a place in 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 on those shelves for something with with pirates and like, oh, like, you know, what would you know would I would I be more you know would I like more like this you know the sail the ships or or, or you know yeah. lead as a captain or would I really invest in being like a sword fighter like you know like what you know what would I want to do with with my time at, at such a school and so I think like it's a really it's a really exciting world that I've 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 you know I, I'm I'm very thankful to have come up with the idea and I, obviously I attribute it to you know one above to you know give bless me with with an idea and amazing yeah yeah it's been an amazing process uh so right now it's it's done it's basically done Incredible, um, wow. last, are you gonna self-publish yeah so so last last two years i've been trying to find an agent uh alas okay. unsuccessfully I, I came really close uh actually a few a few weeks ago um a few months ago actually uh, where an agent reached out, uh, two agents reached out, and they were like, "We're super interested. Like, send us your full manuscript, and we'll get back to you." And so, like, mm-hmm. at that point, if they like it, the next step is they're going to offer you representation to, like, you know, amazing, pu- yeah, to get it mass published. And yeah. so, that's like as close as I got, and I was like super excited. Unfortunately, uh, one of them uh, rejected it, and the other one just never seemed to get back to me. So, but mm-hmm. it's been like over the allocate specific like amount of time that's supposed to get back to you within. So, yeah. I assume. I, I, I have a question for you. Yeah, of course. Because uh, speaking of Shabbat, wait, I just want to say two things. One, <laughs> Shabbat? We're talking no. about pirates? And no, you're just... it's sh- Shabbat and books. Okay. Okay, okay. I remember one time we were sitting in Moshik's class, yeah. and he asked everybody, like, Ugh, who reads books anymore? Can, and then he asked, like, can people raise their hand of who still reads books? Uh-huh. And, like, a bunch of people raised their hand, and I looked around, and I realized every single one of those people keep shabbat so i think that's something interesting that i remember no for sure for sure it is it is like i cannot tell you how many times like i've been like 
to to my wife and to Rachel yeah. and, and just like, hey, like, what do you want to do for Shabbos? Do you want to go for a walk? She's like, no, yeah. I just want to like have a cup of tea and read. Like, it it is it, it is a Shabbos. It is a activity. Shabbos activity. It's amazing. And it's, also, it's, it's meditation. Exactly. It's, and there's also some creativity that happens when you have like peace and quiet in your mind and you're not constantly stimulated. And no, I actually also had an idea for a book oh. on Shabbat. But I want to ask you, like, how did you go about, you know, uh, mapping out the world and just writing mm. and planning it out like how do you actually write it it's a good question wow okay so i feel like i went down the unorthodox route because i started writing it at like 16 17 and i didn't know a lot of like the tropes and like the i would say like the routines mm -hmm. uh to like go about properly writing a novel um so i would say like you know for anyone looking today like don't do what i did like watch a bunch of youtube videos speak to like a professional and they'll tell you like the step by step nice, i kind of yeah. just like started writing and what ended up happening is the first uh the first version the second version were absolutely garbage For i sure, would compare yeah. i would con consider them more as like harry potter fan fiction because like at that point like there was magic involved and there was wands there's no magic in wands now now it's strictly pirates um <laughs> yeah. and so I, I the way i went around it was really just like i'm gonna write this book and I'm just going to, you know, every time I had a new idea, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to finish the book and I'm going to publish it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But every time that I kept writing it, you know, as uh, you know, through, through the, through the entire process, I kept having more and more ideas like, oh, this should be different. Oh, wait, this maybe let's include this person as the villain. And it, it, it honestly just kept getting transformed. Yeah. New iterations. I think it, yeah, yeah. I think at like, at like 18, 19, like I kind of had like the set overall game plan okay this is how i wanted to go like yeah. it's it's the first of of what i hope to be three books like i want to write a trilogy ah, tight. Nice. so mm -hmm. i kind of had that mapped out of like the broad sense of like where do i want things to go uh, who are the main characters etc um but even even like it you know as i was right finishing like the what the what, what's now the final version like there were plenty of little you know things that i mixed around or changed and you know yeah. you always have like pl plot holes that come up and you have to fill mm -hmm. the plot holes mm -hmm. and you know, like I might like, you know, I do a lot of my best thinking. It sounds weird. I do a lot of my best thinking when I'm in the shower. Like every time nice, I, nice, I don't know, I take like a, I'm, I'm, I don't know about, you know, the rest of your male audience, but I like to take a long, I take long showers. <laughs> I take long, like meditative showers at the end of the Amazing. day, like, a, you know, and in the steam, like magic happens. Wow, you know? <laughs> like beautiful. like yeah. I really get like, and then, and there have been times where like I have gotten like the craziest ideas, ideas that are in my book. And I like hopped out of the shower, like sopping wet, like quickly wiped my hands and just like quickly wrote on my so phone, cool. like yeah. the idea, you know, so yeah. I don't forget it um because like it, it that's just i don't know like if like it's like you said it's really about that disconnect and letting your you know similar to the reading on shabbat like it's really about that disconnect and just letting your mind run free and yeah. just letting it like honestly just do what it's supposed to do nice i i want to ask you um like two more things i really want to sure. ask you about because uh, they're kind of unique in that you're like the most religious person i've had on and you're also married and i want to ask you about both of those things so okay. one um, about the religious aspect. I sometimes struggle with religiosity and... Is that a word? Yes. Oh, cool. I learned <laughs> a new word today. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, in terms of like the observance. Yeah. Uh, and I find it challenging in terms of the community aspect because I feel mm -hmm. confident about my relationship with God and right. I, I'm a religious person, but just sometimes like keeping Shabbat like that has always been a family thing for me right. and now that I'm here alone in Israel and I don't have my family then you have like a weird proxy of kind of people that you know that you're kind right. of friends with and it just doesn't feel fulfilling and it feels right. 
kind of the opposite that you just would prefer to do nothing or like distractions than to do that and like I don't know how how do you deal with like dips in your in your observance or religiosity or like how do you navigate that wow it's a great question it's a great question um so first of all I wow I don't even know where to begin it's like it's a really good question um <laughs> Regarding like the dips, like everyone has dips and I, I, you know, can, can vouch that I have plenty of dips and plenty of times where, you know, I'm, I'm questioning things or I'm like wondering like, why did X happen to me? Like, especially like when I got the rejection from, from the agent, you know, I was Mm -hmm. really like, this could have been a big thing for me. Like, like why? Like it really just bummed me out and put me in a funk. Um, at the end of the day, like, you know, I guess two of the important values that I, that I try to, I try to believe in on a day-to-day basis is number one, like there's, there's this line in the the Ramchal's book, the path of the righteous, Mm -hmm. that this world is, which is basically like this world is a hall, it's just a hallway to the next. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to basically tell you like, yes, you should make the most of this world, but don't get too attached to it because at the end of the day, the eventual goal is, is the next world, is, is yeah. Baba, is yeah. the, the world to come. And so then when you look at things in that perspective, okay, great, you want to live life, fantastic. You want to have hobbies, amazing. You want to have dreams, like accomplish them, goals, like set them and accomplish them and get that stuff down. But at the end of the day, like you need to have a sense of scope of like, at the end of the day, like this, this world, with this belief is is just you know a stepping stone into into the final goal into the true goal and so then when i look back for a second it makes those like doubts feel so much smaller like oh okay you know what at the end of the day like it's not the end of the world and you know at the end of, i think another thing that really helps me in my in my moments of doubt is i count my blessings i really sometimes i even write them down and i'll you know write down my, the goals that i've accomplished or the things that have happened to me. Yeah, like gain perspective. Gain, and yeah. then you gain perspective. You're like, okay, you know, this may not have worked out for you, but you know, you, you, I, you know, I'm thankful to have so many other things that have, you know, worked out my way and, and, and thankful for so many more things that like, I, I cannot, you know, it, it, these things wouldn't have been possible without, without, without God. And so I think those things, I think that really helps me gain perspective regarding the Shabbat. Like, like you said, like I also, for me, it was, it was always been like a really family centric thing, especially having my family here. Like it still is like a very family centric yeah. thing. Um, but being married, you know, and, and, and living in, in our own neighborhood, like there are times where it's, you know, it's, it's quiet or it gets, you know, I won't say dull cause it's never dull being married to my wife. I uh, love her so much. <laughs> Uh, but, um, but there are times where it's quiet or, you know, the social life is dimmed or, you know, like, uh, we don't have much going on. And, um, I think in those moments, it's important to, to, uh, to look at similar to what we discussed before that Shabbos doesn't, you know, there's a lot of spiritual things about Shabbos, but there's also a lot of like, like, that's not the only reason I, f- I feel like we were given Shabbos. Like, I really feel like we were given Shabbos as a break from the rest of the, from the rest of, of, of the week in the sense of not just work but also in a sense of like we discuss like social media and the rest of like these, you know, very human distractions that we, that we go through the rest of the week. Like it's a day, it's almost like a detox, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it's also one of the reasons why like, you know, like I, if someone tells me like, I still respect Shabbat and you know, I may not keep it completely, but I respect it and, and I do my thing and you know, like, like you do you, like if, if that's how you, how you do your detox, as long as you appreciate that day, like, that's you know that that's the importance of the day the day like you know i think the thing that upsets me the most is when i hear from someone like oh i spent the whole day doing homework or i spent the whole day you know going to work and i'm just like 
You have six what, days what, to do that. Like you have six days to do that. Like when, where's your break? Um, but regarding the religious perspective, I really think the 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 important thing is just to find uh, a set of of similar minded people, and then and and to just you know establish some some sort of community in that sense where you're doing meals together or uh you, you go to you know you go in and pray together and daven together uh and then you know it, you you feel like you feel in that sense like you're not alone like, like i love i love the shul here i think it's really beautiful and i love the singing and mm -hmm. it's very like spiritual and amazing i just feel that like the members of the community don't really share my values so it's kind of right. hard to feel connected because like in one way they're like jewish observant but not jewish value based and for me that is like a weird uh issue because i'm kind of the exact opposite right, right, right now right. where i'm very jewish valued but not necessarily like the most observant or as right. observant as i would like to be right um so it just ends up being in a weird spot but like it is what it is right now the religious experience and like it's whatever yeah i think i think that given the stage where we all are in life right now like it's not it's not all meant to be complete like we're not all supposed to figure it out you know uh, yeah. gary v who i don't necessarily love um has has a really good thing uh, a thing that he loves to say which is like you know uh you're you know you're so young like you have so much time like it's all yeah, good you don't yeah. need it all figured out right now you just need to have you just need to be able to like be you and not like just you know let everything fall apart like just keep going just keep going and so yeah. i think like like definitely like now like like sure i may have a bunch of things figured out but like you know there are times where we feel like our social situation and in, in it, where we live is not 100 percent where we want it to be and and there are times where you know um you know work work can get extremely stressful and and like there's there's still things that we have to you know that that that, that we have to figure out in life and, yeah. and obviously you know marriage isn't always perfect and you know it's 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 an amazing amazing journey that i'm, I'm so blessed to share with my wife yeah. but there's always things that we have to work on together and 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 learn to harness and be a better team but specifically in the sense of shabbat i think that like you know the mindset that we have right now is and maybe this is the mindset that might might help for you is like you know this is this is what it is right now but this isn't what it's going to be your whole life yeah, yeah and but on the other hand this is the time to like instill some kind of um values and foundation so that when that time comes that you get to make the decision of where you do want to end up yeah you'll have that compass directing you in the right path so right yeah, that's amazing, so like yeah so even if so even if if you know the the it's not the, about speed it's about direction yeah exactly like this is the time to really figure out your direction i feel like for all of us and so yeah. i feel like you know e even though you may not have even though you know the shabbos scene here may not be amazing if you yourself know like okay at the end of the day like you know i'm keeping shabbos and i want to be in a community and, and i'm keeping shabbos with, with the spiritual mindset and this yeah. real you know love for the spirituality and you know that that's where you want to end up one day you know, I feel like it'll you'll the, the the you'll have higher success of finding such a community if you continue to practice it in that way and nice, not just keep yeah. it as like a mentality. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're so right for sure. Um, I really appreciate that perspective. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your wife. Yeah, your of course. Wife. I want to ask you a couple things. So go for it. One, um, how did you guys meet? <laughs> um, and two. How did you know that you wanted to marry her? Okay. How long did that take? Okay. And um, yeah, I guess we'll start with that. All right, you're you're asking for for all the juicy bits. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So uh, my wife and I met basically. Uh, we met through friends. Uh, we were we were kind of set up by like family friends, but in the sense that like, uh, how do I how do I go about this? Okay, there's this like uh, there's this um, there's this uh, like almost like a shidduch dating Facebook group for you know modern Orthodox people called oh, nice. Points of Contact, mm -hmm. and the whole strategy is like. It's you have like a like a representative, almost like an agent, and they kind of like represent you, and uh, they send you recommendations. Um, I was not getting good recommendations, so what I did is I kind of like broke the rules and went on myself, which you're not supposed to do because you may know people there that may not want you to know that you're on there. But mm -hmm. I was like, I don't care if this means I can meet the love of my wife, like love of my <laughs> love, love of, love of my life. wife. If this means I can I could finally if I could find the, the love of my life, like yeah. you know, it, excuse my it's French, but like you know, screw that idea, right, right. you know. And so um, I'm not kidding when I say it, but I found her in like half a minute. Like I that's insane, like I went right? down like three people, and I was like, this girl is absolutely beautiful she's from south africa so she probably has a an awesome accent an awesome <laughs> sexy accent yeah. and and i was just like and and i you know like i read a like, little cute little bio and i was like okay like you know similar values and i was like yeah I, i have to meet this girl and so um I, i got her i got her number and and we went out for we went out for well actually it was gonna like we went out for coffee but we both got uh apple cider cute uh, cute nice And, uh, yeah, you know, it just, it just went from there. Um, regarding, uh, when I knew, so yeah. she loves to say that she knew after like the second date, like she went okay. back to her roommates and she was like, guys, I'm going to try to do like the South African accent. It's like, guys, <laughs> don't freak out. But I think he's the one. And they're all like, yeah, dude, that was really good. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's, it's tough. South African accents are tough for like Americans to do. It's yeah. like a known thing, but it's like about the intonations also it's, like it's where the, you yeah. did the percussive element it's like that percussive, was it you know but it's also like i know now like south africans don't say like they don't enunciate on their y's a lot they do they just leave it like as an ah so like yeah. y is more like why why you know why yeah. must like it's it's like a gas. little yeah. yeah a little like that <laughs> hey guys you know yeah. so yeah they stretch yeah so their enunciation on the y's is a big one um and i mean There, there were like for me, it was like a lot of different moments that I was like, yeah, like I could definitely end up spending the rest of my life with this girl That's in the crazy, sense that yeah. like uh, after three dates, I went on a trip to visit my my grandfather in Calgary, yeah, and the time difference is like twelve hour difference, oh, but we talked every day. I would wake up at like six seven a.m. and talk to this girl who I went on three dates with every every day before before I started my day, and like we eventually started getting into like some serious topics. Like I think like like the you know like one of the last days on my trip, we started talking about like how many kids do you want, and I was like I've been on three dates with this girl and I feel so comfortable to speak to her this way, Amazing, like, and she yeah. seems um, to be so comfortable to speak to me in the same way. Like this is just gelling really well. Um, And there's just a lot of other, like, you know, just, like, really romantic moments, like, you know, just the way, you know, she looked at me and, and just the way she spoke about me and how she really just, like, seemed so comfortable in, in my company that, like, you know, it just really made me feel warm inside and just, like, uh, you know, just feel, like, really good and feel like this relationship is, is healthy and right. Yeah. Um, and so and so those moments, in my, you know, definitely affirmed in my, in my mind that, like, yeah, this is a girl that that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Mm -hmm. And so 
uh, what was the other question? When when I like when when I proposed? Like how long did you guys date? So we dated for uh, I believe like ten. We dated for ten months, and then we dated okay, from nice. like January to end of October. Based of- off of based off of that, um, do you have any advice for single people? Do you miss being single ever, or like do you have sympathy uh, for single? People? No, of course I have sympathy for single people. Um, What's like the hardest part of being single? Do you think? I think the hardest part of being single is is sometimes is finding that is finding that person, and I feel like sometimes people will compromise their. Um, their values yeah. just because they want that company yeah and i feel yeah. like i feel like that's and i feel like that that ends up causing like the majority of breakups like the majority of breakups i see these days is just because people just don't have the same shared values the same yeah. mindset and yeah. i think that like everyone needs to understand that like you know you're I, I believe in soulmates and like the person you're you're meant to be with is out there you know f- i had no idea that mine was you know growing up in johannesburg south africa but right, right. you know she was and uh you know, everyone has that person out there, but at the end of the day, like, it's, it's only, you know, obviously date, I feel like by dating and, and, and going through breakups, you're going to learn more and more about your values and about what's important to you. And that's also like a very healthy thing. And mm-hmm. I think a positive perspective to look at if you're like going through a breakup, like just know, like, you now know yourself better, you know, yourself one yeah. step better and what you're looking for a bit more than you did beforehand. And I would say, yeah, like, you know, being single, like, like, not not necessarily be picky but but don't 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 settle don't settle don't settle on on your values because at the end of the day like you know and that's definitely something that i experienced in marriage like values is is the most important thing because that that leads to that 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 affects the communication that affects the attraction like you know values and respecting each other's values and you know you need to be with someone at the end of the day that has values that you can respect you know if you're just with them based on attraction but then you get to the part where like wait i disagree with everything that this person believes in or uh, or how this person functions and it's just not going to work out yeah yeah there has to be some sense of of mutual understanding and a mutual beliefs system for it to work so don't be picky but be picky yeah yeah okay a good balance of the two um amazing ezra thank you for sharing that um in closing i want to ask you yeah. um what is a goal you have for your future self wow small or big <laughs> okay yeah. i think uh on a personal level uh definitely um looking now to you know after exams to start the self-publishing process Amazing. and yeah. definitely want to want to do that and i think also like being in the business world i have a lot of more like insights and like marketing tips and and things like that that i feel like i can apply and hopefully have like a successful launch, you know, for a self-published, you know, novel, which is exciting. Um, and I guess from like, a, you know, my, 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 all, my, my all, always big time goal is always just to like, you know, get along with people, you know, uh, try not to, you know, I really try not to be egotistical and I really try to just like be real with people and just yeah. get along with people and just, again, you know, live, live a life with, with, with Derek Eretz, like, I'm not the most perfect, you know, person. I have a sailor's mouth at times. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, by the end of the day, like, I want to, you know, treat people the way that I want to be treated. And, and yeah. I think that's really important. And and then, like you said, like, live life actively in the sense that, like, you know, I want to I wanna accomplish things in life. I want to I wanna leave my mark on this world, whether that's, you know, in starting a family, whether that's, you know, uh, in, in my career, in, mm-hmm. in my writing career. Like, I want to, I don't want to just be, like, another, I don't want to be, forget- for like, forgotten. Like, I really do want to 
managed to achieve things in my time Amazing. in this uh, hallway that in is hallway. this world. Beautiful. I love that, Ezra. I hope you accomplish all of Thank those goals. Thank you so much. And do you have a question for my next guest? Yeah, I, I would say just as a, as, as a big fan of um, Jewish philosophy, I would love to ask the next, um, the next guest, uh, what is your favorite uh, Jewish philosophy book? Uh, I feel like this question is a little book related which yeah. is why i like it but also because like i don't know who you're gonna have next and it could be someone who's who's you know religious and and uh and you know maybe learns a ton and and thus has like a really a, a book that is super important to them or someone that's a little less and they like a little more you know secular jewish philosophy and so i feel like the the answer you get might not be the one I'm expecting. And so yeah. I look forward to hearing what it'll be. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Such a good question. Thank you so much, Ezra. Thank you for having me. Yeah. For, uh, you know, sharing your soul with our of viewers course. and me. And thank you to everyone for listening. You're listening to Audioversity. Have a blessed day. The Wandering Jew Podcast. Exploring beautiful humans, thoughts, and experiences with Naomi Edelman. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity. Oh,